For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Romans, for or against Torah. This is part 14 of the series. Romans chapter 14, verse 1. Paul is addressing those that are weak in the faith. We are to receive, but not to doubtful disputations. So what does doubtful disputations mean? In the Bible notation, it will explain it this way, that you're not to judge his doubtful thoughts. So those that are weak in faith, the idea is that those that are strong in faith are not to judge one that is weak in faith regarding his doubtful thoughts. In other words, he isn't sure what he believes or he's believing one thing, thinking that it's one way, but really it's some other way. And so since what's being addressed is the weak in faith and their doubtful thoughts, let's ask the question, is eating pig a doubtful disputation? In Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 8, it is written, in the swine, because it divides the hoof, yet choose not the cud, it is unclean unto you. You shall not eat their flesh. And so this is explicitly stated that the pig or the swine is unclean. And in Acts chapter 10, verse 14, Peter said, not so, Lord, I've never eaten anything that is common or unclean. Once again, in answering the question, is eating pig a doubtful disputation? from Yeshua's teachings in Mark chapter 5 verses 12 and 13. And all the devils sought him saying, send us unto the swine that we may enter into them. You see, the evil spirits wanted to go into swine who are unclean. And forthwith Yeshua gave them leave and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And so, It is not a doubtful disputation, according to the Bible, that pig is unclean. And so, is Paul really teaching that we can eat anything that we want? Is it our decision? We're given freedom of choice, but what is the biblical commandment? And God has, in his Torah, given us instruction regarding the matter. So, in Romans, in chapter 14, verse 2, Paul goes on to say, One believes that he may eat all things. Another who is weak eats herbs or vegetables. Romans chapter 14, verse 3. Let not him that eats despise him that eats not. And let not him which eats not judge him that eats. 
for God has received him. And so, in other words, what Paul is describing here is one who believes that it's his religious duty to just eat vegetables and that you should not eat meat compared to someone else who thinks it's okay to both eat meat and vegetables. And so, Paul is addressing one in the faith who honestly believes that if they're following the Word of God in his ways, that they should only be eating vegetables. And so one reason for this thought is in the early days of the book of Genesis that people ate primarily vegetation. They ate vegetables. But later on, God said that it's permissible for you to eat the meat of animals, providing that they are clean. So if one wants to go back and look at the first part of Genesis and say, well, I should only be eating vegetables as an expression of my faith in Yeshua as the Messiah. Paul is addressing how is one who has a better and a more clear understanding of the Word of God regarding the matter, how are they to conduct themselves in front of somebody who believes that in living their faith they should only be eating vegetables? Well, the principle is that we are to avoid the appearance of doing wrong, the appearance of doing evil. In Leviticus chapter 19 verse 14 it is written, you shall not curse the deaf nor put a stumbling block before the blind, but shall fear your God, I am the Lord. And then Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 22, abstain from all appearance of evil. So now we're going to apply this Torah principle to the situation that Paul is giving advice regarding in Romans chapter 14. But in order to see another place where he's addressing an issue and giving the same advice, we can see this from 1 Corinthians in chapter 8. And here, what Paul is going to be teaching, he's going to be giving the same kind of advice as Romans chapter 14. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, he's addressing the issue of meat sacrificed to idols, that in this, you are not to cause the weak in the faith to stumble or put a stumbling block before the ones that are weak in faith because you're supposed to avoid appearing appearance of wrongdoing, appearance of evil. Let's examine this. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. Now, as touching things offered to idols, Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 4, as concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice into idols. So, this is what somebody that is spiritually mature understands regarding the issue. We know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is nothing other God but one. And so if you're mature in the faith, you know that there's only one God in the world, and that's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And anything else that people think are gods are idols, and they're really no God. And so when somebody is sacrificing unto an idol, they're sacrificing unto their own imagined God that really isn't a God, because in truth, there's only the one 
true God, and that is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so Paul goes on to explain in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. For though there be that are called gods, so people view that their idols are gods. For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, but to us there is only one God. To the spiritually mature, we know that there is only one God. These others that other people think that are gods really are no gods. But to us, there is but one God, or the spiritually mature, the Father of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord, Yeshua Messiah, by whom are all things, and we by him. Continuing on in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 7 and 8. Howbeit, there is not in every man that knowledge. In other words, while the spiritually mature knows that there's one God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and there are no other true gods in the world, not everybody in the world understands or believes that. For some with conscience of the idol unto this hour eat it as a thing offered unto the idol. So there's people in the world who thinks that they're doing a religious act unto someone who they call or refer to as a god that is not the god of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So they think that they're eating or doing something religious unto their god, but really their god is an idol. And so what they're doing really isn't to a god, even though they think it is to a god. And so that's what Paul is trying to say, that their conscience being weak is defiled. Their conscience is being defiled because even though they are not worshiping a true god in their conscience and in their heart, they are worshiping that god who they think is god. But because it's not the god of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, what they're doing in their heart and their conscience is idolatry. First Corinthians chapter 8, verse 8, but meat commends us not to God. For neither if we eat are we the better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. So if you have a piece of meat here, that given that there is only one true God, and if that meat is biblically permissible to eat, and somebody is eating that meat under their God, which really is no God, if you come along and if you decide to not eat that meat, it's okay. If you decide to eat that meat, is okay. Because even though they're doing it under their God, in truth, their God is no God. And so, therefore, the meat in an oven by itself is neutral to you who really understand the truth that there is only one God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so, Paul continues to explain that those that are mature in the faith are not to cause those that are weak in the, in the faith, who hasn't got a full knowledge and understanding of things properly, to not cause them to stumble in their understanding. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. But take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours. What's the liberty? Well, that piece of meat, if it's biblically regarded as clean, I can decide to eat it or not eat it. That's my liberty. But he says, take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak, those that are weak in the faith. So someone that's weak in the faith, they see that this meat has been sacrificed to another god. And if a believer in Yeshua is going to come and is going to eat that meat where someone's weak in the faith, knows it's been sacrificed to who they call and think of as their God. And now you eat that in front of somebody that's weak. They're going to think that you are endorsing or embracing that person's God, which really is an idol. 
And so therefore, you're going to cause the one that is weak in faith to think that you are somehow worshiping another God other than the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Although in truth, it's just an idol to that person. But one that's weak in the faith is going to think that you're walking away from the one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So Paul's instruction is that the one that's mature in the faith is not supposed to cause one that weak in the faith to stumble in trying to live out his faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verses 10 and 11. For if any man see you which have knowledge sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? In other words, one that's weak in the faith who's making the association that this permissible meat according to the Torah but it's been sacrificed to somebody else is God, that if you that are mature in the faith come and eat of that meat, somebody that's weak in the faith could be seeing you, and they could be thinking that you are somehow departing from the God of Israel, and that is going to influence and encourage them because of their perception of what they're seeing. It's going to encourage them and convey to them that they can do wrongdoing and other wrongdoing as well. So Paul was given advice to not do that. It's better that you not eat that meat, even though the meat in and of it by itself, if it's permissible to eat, you can eat it because in truth, there's only one true God. And if the one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob said that you could eat the meat, then you should be able to eat the meat and your conscience being clear. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 11, and through your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Messiah died. Continuing on, 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verses 12 and 13, but when you sin so against your brother. How are you sinning against your brother? You, even though you're mature, you're leading your brother to believe that what you're doing is sinful. And when he's weak in the faith, that might give him encouragement for himself to sin. And so that's how you're sinning against your brother because you're putting a stumbling block before him and you're not avoiding all appearance of evil, even though you and your spiritual understanding of the scriptures knows that in an oven by itself, if you're eating meat that's biblically permissible, then you can do it. And so the verse reads, but when you sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, see you're wounding their weak conscience, you're sinning against the Messiah because you're violating the commandment to not put a stumbling block before the weak in faith, before the blind. Next verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 13, wherefore, or the conclusion of the matter, if meat makes my brother to offend because he's weak in the faith. Therefore, one that's mature in the faith should take this position in this attitude. I will eat no flesh while the world stands lest I make my brother to offend. In other words, even though you know it's okay to eat it because there's only one true God and that person is worshiping an idol that really isn't a God, but if someone's weak in the faith is perceiving that you are doing something and worshiping another God, that the biblically right thing for you to do is to not eat that meat so you would not offend your brother and cause him to fall in his faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 19 and 20. What shall I say then? That the idol is anything or that which is offered in sacrifice the idols is anything? But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice the devil. So in their minds, they're offering to their God. But because there's only one God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, from 
from a mature biblical viewpoint, even though they're offering it to their God, they're actually doing it in idolatry, and idolatry is following after the kingdom of darkness, so they're in essence sacrificing the devils and not to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the principle is that you're not to associate yourself with evil or the kingdom of darkness. You're to flee from sin or appearance of evil. And so that's why Paul says, I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. Continuing on in the point that Paul is making regarding the behavior that one is strong in faith in relation to one that's weak in faith. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 25 and verse 27, whatsoever is sold in the meat market, eat, asking no question for consciousness sake. Once again, this is the strong in faith that if you're buying some meat, you don't need to ask yourself, was this meat sacrificed to an idol? Because in truth, that God that really is an idol is no God. And so therefore, I can buy the meat and eat the meat in the meat market as long as that meat is biblically clean according to the scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 27. If any of them that believe not bid you to a feast and you are disposed to go, whatsoever is set before you eat, asking no question for consciousness sake. So if you are eating with someone that's not a believer in Yeshua as the Messiah and they put food in front of you, as long as that food is clean, then go ahead and eat it. Despite of how they're viewing how that food is, if you are with them in their presence. And the assumption is that there's not another brother believer that's weak in the faith that is present there as well. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 28 and 29, But if any man says unto you, This is offered in sacrifice unto idols, eat not for his sake that showed it, and for consciousness sake, for the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And so, now, if someone tells you that this meat has been sacrificed to idols, now, you don't want to witness to a non-believer that you're participating in the God that he's believing in. So, if you're being told it's been sacrificed unto another God, sacrificed unto idols, then now Paul is saying, don't eat it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 29. Conscious, I say, not your own, but of the other. So, you're not eating it for the sake of the other person, not because of you, because once again, you know that there's only one God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so Paul says, for why is my liberty, that means my freedom, judged of another man's conscience? So then he concludes in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Do it to give glory to God. Give it to uplift God in whatever you do. So even though you may have a liberty personally regarding an issue, even though it's permissible to you according to the scripture, if it will cause somebody else to stumble, then in order to give glory to God in how you eat and drink, then you should refrain from participating. So with that background, which Paul elaborately explained in 1 Corinthians in chapter 8 and 1 Corinthians in chapter 10, he's also addressing the same kind of thing in Romans chapter 14, verse 1. He's addressing those that are weak in the faith, receive them because they're brothers in Messiah, but not to doubtful disputations, or as the Bible notation says, is we're not to judge his doubtful thoughts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 and verse 13, Paul says, but take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. That's the point that he's making. 
making. Verse 13, Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world stands, lest I make my brother to offend or put a stumbling block before him or cause him to think that I'm not following the ways of the God of Israel correctly. And we can see that the point that Paul is making in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he's trying to make that same point in Romans chapter 14 into Romans chapter 15. Because Paul goes on to say in Romans chapter 14 verse 21, it is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything whereby your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. Because we then that are strong, strong in faith, ought to bear the infirmities of those who are weak, who are weak in faith, and we're not to please ourselves. So we're to lay down our lives for the benefit of our brethren, those who are weak in faith. So in Romans chapter 14, verse 1, characteristic of someone that is weak in faith, they have doubt or they have a lack of clarity regarding biblical matters. So we've asked the question, and it's because of how traditional Christianity and having a shallow understanding of the Word of God, particularly a shallow understanding of the Torah, as Peter said, they take the words of Paul and they twist the words of Paul to their own destruction. And so in what way could or would we take the words of Paul and twist his words to our own destruction by coming to the conclusion that we're not supposed to follow the Torah. And so by taking Paul's words and being weak in faith or being a babe in Messiah and interpret his words without having a full mature knowledge of the scripture using our carnal mind and our natural eyes and our natural reasoning and then come to the conclusion that Paul is teaching that we're supposed to not follow the Torah in stating that Paul taught that the Torah has been nailed to the cross that's how we twist the words of Paul because it's not complicated. It's simple. Sin is the transgression of the law. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4. And Paul asked the question in Romans chapter 6 verses 1 and 2. Shall we sin or transgress the law so that grace may abound? And he answers the question. God forbid. So Peter wrote in 2 Peter in chapter 3 verses 15 and 16 an account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to understand, which they that are unlearned, they that are unlearned are a babe in Messiah, they're carnally minded, one that's unlearned or carnally minded, they don't follow the Torah of God, and they're unstable because they're tossed with every wind of doctrine, as they do also the other scriptures, they twist them unto their own destruction. And so that being the case, given that how sometimes Romans 
Romans chapter 14 is interpreted that we can eat anything that we want or that we can call any day the Sabbath, let's ask the question, is celebrating the Sabbath a doubtful disputation? Leviticus chapter 26 verse 2, it is written, you shall keep my Sabbath, I am the Lord. And then in Isaiah chapter 66 verse 23, it will come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another shall all flesh come to worship before me. Well, that's going to conclude part 14 of the series on the subject, Romans, for or against Torah. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.